Today's episode is supported by Vivo Barefoot, whose mission is very close to my heart. There's something incredibly powerful about feeling the ground beneath your feet. It's more than just like walking or running. It's about forming a connection with the earth, a connection that most modern footwear has unfortunately severed. Vivo Barefoot aims to mend this disconnect by making footwear that's wide, thin and flexible, enabling natural movement. Born from a long lineage of cobblers, Vivo Barefoot carries a rich heritage of craftsmanship and a deep understanding of what makes footwear truly beneficial for us. Enjoy the discount code HARVEST15. Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners. When we love and accept our body fully, then it actually starts to respond, right? Then we also want to feel safe. When we feel safe, we can really relax. The more relaxed we are, the more receptive to pleasure. So how can we create this setting for ourselves? And it all starts with self-pleasure. And I always like to say, I love this comparison. Uh, imagine a duo of two guitar players and they come together and they want to give a concert. And imagine they come together and none of them knows really well how to play their own guitar. What kind of duo is that going to be? So to me, we want to start playing our own instrument first so we can really learn and then we can come as a duo. I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. And this episode is an interview made in Kaplankaya with Bibi Brovska, a sex, love, and relationship coach, and an expert in conscious sexuality. Bibi will share how the perception of sex has evolved through history, what she's teaching in her classes, how she personally changed her approach to sexual well-being, and if you stay with us until the end, she will share some advice on the best way to reach Nirvana. So um, you're an expert in conscious sexuality. What does it mean exactly? Can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, what I'm going to start with the context, right? So sadly, there is no proper education about sexuality in our society. Yes, we are told that uh, we shouldn't get pregnant, we should get a condom on and about possible diseases, but that's about it. No one is telling us really What is sexual energy? What types of orgasms are there? What's the difference between male and female arousal process? And so on and so on. And what is sadly happening that the only and so easily available source of sexuality and how it looks like is pornography, this de facto became an education. So if you would like to compare it, what we are mainly presented with is a junk food version of sexuality. And we are so, so far removed from that 
you know, farm to table, <laughs> organic, gourmet um, expression of sexuality. And that's to me where the conscious sexuality comes in. So we kind of almost want to unlearn all that we know about sexuality and from the culture of pornographic expression of it and learn how to, similar with food, how to eat consciously. What is nourishing food? What is nourishing sex? How can we have sex consciously? So that's what conscious sexuality to me comes in. How did the, the perception uh, of sexual well-being evolve in history, Bibi? There's actually a beautiful book about it called Sex at Dawn, which I recommend to everyone that talks about it a lot. And it's interesting because it says that from the perspective of uh, human evolution, we were actually not even meant to be monogamous. If you compare the size of the genitals and many other things that are all beautifully explained in the book, we used to actually have sex with multiple partners. And then children would be brought up by the community. So it only changed into this narrative of becoming monogamous with the time of the agriculture revolution, where there was the ownership of land and there was a requirement of clarity uh, who it's going to belong ah, interesting. to. Interesting. Okay. Right? So then we all of a sudden changed that narrative, became monogamous. Uh, then, of course, came also the patriarchy, the religion. And in most of the religions, you know, sex was not really welcomed. <laughs> was either something shameful, et cetera, et cetera, right? So then we have that element that comes on. And then female sexuality being suppressed for about 5,000 years that patriarchy was taking place. And then, of course, the newest development of that is pornography. From one extreme to another. Okay. From one extreme to another. So I think, you know, the, the, some of the latest phenomenon that are, that are, you know, quite bizarre and astonishing is like young generation, apparently they're having much less sex. A new thing that is coming out is uh, the erectile dysfunction, which used to be something that was mainly present for men in their 40s and now is more and more seen in boys in their 20s. And the fact that they often, there was a research done, uh, that actually with the moment that the iPhone was introduced, uh, boys started to have less sex, or there was something around that. I don't remember exactly, but there was uh, a significant drop uh, in the frequency that yeah. young generation would have sex. And it was indicating that they would be satisfying themselves more through pornography. So, wow. for example, again, even before the pandemic, seven of 20 most visited websites were pornography websites. Again, this is the data from before pandemic, yeah, right? Okay. Uh, the average age of a child exposed to pornography is now 11 years old. So there is this whole new, uh, I would say, approach to sexuality, uh, which is even more performance-based. And, uh, yeah. Bibi gave some classes during harvest to a group of women and to couples. Here are some feedbacks from satisfied people in Kaplankaya. 
It was one of the first times that I've ever really, I, I mean, I've never done a tantric workshop before and it's something that I've been really interested in. Um, so for me, it was an incredible introduction into this area of intimacy and sexuality and connection. And actually, a lot of it's not about you know straight sex it's about connection and intimacy and I was lucky enough to experience this with my partner and it was actually very moving uh, we were sharing beautiful things the, the most moving part of it was actually that we were sharing really beautiful insights into how we felt about each other rather than the actual physical aspect of it and I was even moved to tears at one point it was also about like uh, understanding what's it like, not what's it like, but like what's um, giving and what, like the giving and the receiving uh, component of any relationship. Uh, trying to be very conscious about uh, what you give and what you receive, etc. So um, it was very, it was very interesting. First day in the morning, I was at Bibi's session and um, very sensual and um, she talks about experiencing orgasm or enjoying uh, the feelings uh, in many different ways so there is not just one way of having orgasm there are many 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 different ways of having it and 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 the way to do that is to relax and to really understand your body to really research and to really get to know your body It is soon time to ask Bibi about her personal experience. But before, I wanted to know what she means when she says that sexual experiences can heal. So first of all, let's start with the fact that there is so much trauma around sexuality. Even if you look at the data, I think more or less it's uh, one in every four women in the United States um, has a history of sexual abuse, okay? Yeah, yeah, and when that happens, it really, really creates a trauma response and impact for the whole life, right? So there is so much work that can be done around that. So sexual energy is a really, you know, most powerful expression of the energy that we human beings can tap into, right? It's the energy that creates new life. Yeah. So when consciously used, when consciously channeled, and you will see that in most of the different belief systems, the idea is that we not just going to experience uh, sexuality within our genitals area, but we actually going to start tapping into that energy so we can start moving that energy, moving it higher, elevating it, raising it, and really moving it through all energy centers. And in doing so, because that energy will be moving, it's going to be changing its quality, its expression. So just an example, when we're going to move it to our heart, we can really, you know, experience unconditional love and sense of oneness. Uh, when we move it to the upper chakras, to the higher realms, it's where we can use this energy to really uh, go into higher states of consciousness, states of full bliss, and this kind of states where we feel complete connection, timelessness, egolessness, full presence. And the moments that we go into those higher states of consciousness, there are new neuropaths created in our mind. Our awareness expands similar what we often experience through the work with medicinal plants, right? So 
I can tell you from my own history and example that after I have experienced my first full body orgasm, I really felt that connection to something beyond, to the universe. And from that moment on, my life has really taken completely a different direction. Why were you ready at this moment? <laughs> <laughs> Why was I ready at this moment? There was few things. Already I have actually started changing my lifestyle. I was already on my path of self-discovery. I already had my mini midlife crisis. I quit my job and I decided that I'm going to really dedicate this, my, this time to a moment of introspection and finding out what is it that my passion, my mission, my purpose is. And I started to do all type of, I, I went doing different type of work. Was it Vipassana meditation? Was it medicinal plants? Landmark type of workshops, et cetera, et cetera. So I was, and I started meditating and I kind of feel like there was already a fertile ground because I was already more connected to my body. I was more present. I was more open. I was more relaxed. And Again, at that moment, I was ready to receive this medicine, this experience. And I think, you know, if you would, if I would have ended up in the same workshop five years before, where I was totally not interested in it, and I was chasing the money and the party and the glamour <laughs> and, you know, all things yeah. external, mm -hmm. I don't even think I would be able to perceive any yeah, energy okay. moving. So, yeah, the divine timing. You exactly receive, you know, you receive what you need at that very moment. And yeah. You're teaching two classes at uh, Harvest, uh, mm -hmm. Orgasmic Embrace Workshop for Women mm -hmm. and Exquisite Foreplay for mm -hmm. Deep Connection. Yes. Uh, can you tell me, like, let's try, let's uh, begin with the uh, mm -hmm. Orgasmic uh, Embrace. Embrace first. Yeah. That's um, quite a promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you telling yeah. to women? Yeah, so... Again, I think, you know, uh, I just had this conversation a few minutes before entering this podcast because of this 5,000 years of patriarchy, because of the suppression of female sexuality, before of, because of the unrealistic beauty standards that we have around our bodies, so much insecurities, et cetera, et cetera, I can go on. Women are not loving their bodies. Therefore, they are not in their bodies. They're not really, you know, if we don't love our body, then we're not even connected so deeply to our bodies. We're not appreciating. We're not really embracing all the possibilities uh, that this beautiful, sophisticated vessel can offer. So that's one thing. Then secondly, we don't even have mostly tools on how to really embrace female sexuality. We don't even understand the basics. Again, because we are ba mainly using pornography as a source of our education, which is done for men, by men, and yeah. not really in order to educate anyone, right? It's a very unhealthy masculine way of Shortcut. looking at okay. sex, right? Mm -hmm. And we are not even aware of the fact that the, the anatomy of a female arousal It's completely opposite, that we need time, that we need a longer foreplay, that the gateway to female sexuality is actually not her genitals, <laughs> but her heart, that we need a safe space so we can fully relax, so we can fully surrender. That complete surrender is the number one 
key and most important ingredient for experiencing those deep orgasms for women. So that's your second um, exquisite foreplay for deep no, uh, no, connection? No, it's actually, it's, let's say there those, all those themes are interwoven into both. So the first one is women only and why I like to do women only workshops because first of all, when we women come together uh, with a beautiful, loving intention in a space where we can become, where we can feel safe, we can, can open more. up, okay. share Uh, where we can inspire each other, support each other. There's really certain magic, healing and magic that is happening. Yeah. And in that session, I like to guide women through almost like a, I call it a cold version of a self-love practice. So in order for us to really get to know our bodies, to be really aware of what type of touch brings us most pleasure, what are our most sensitive erogenous zones? What type of orgasms can we experience? We need to tap into that body ourselves first, right? Sure. And let's be honest about it. Men need guidance because if the only thing that they're giving is pornography, who's going to teach them how to open us up? Who's going to teach them? I was about that. Why don't you teach the boys instead of the girls? <laughs> But you teach the girls to teach the boys. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So, okay. Because again, each of us is also very different, right? And each of us has different sexual desires and different parts of the body that turns us on, that turns us on the most. So it's also not a really one-way cookie solution. And it's more important how we do things than what we do exactly, right? Okay. So it's so much more empowering for women. Okay, this is my body. This is my energy. This is how it works. This is what I need to feel safe. This is what turns me on. This is the type of touch that I enjoy. And also we as cyclical beings will also enjoy something different when we are ovulating and something different type of touch when we are, let's say, PMSing, right? So for us, it really starts with love and compassion, full acceptance of our body. Then when we love and accept our body fully, then it actually starts to respond, right? Then we also want to feel safe. When we feel safe, we can really relax. The more relaxed we are, the more receptive to pleasure. So how can we create this setting for ourselves? And it all starts with self-pleasure. And I always like to say, I love this comparison. Imagine a duo of two guitar players and they come together and they want to give a concert. And imagine they come together and none of them knows really well how to play their own guitar. What kind of duo is that going to be? So to me, we want to start playing our own instrument first so we can really learn and then we can come as a duo. So in that class, we're going to learn how to play our own instruments and oh my God, there is so much potential in our bodies. There is <laughs> the heartgasms, there are the breastgasms, there are the energy orgasms, there is a crygasm, there is an angergasm, there's a setgasm, there's a full body orgasm, you know, there's so many beautiful, powerful experiences that we can tap into. So creating, how to create a self space for beautiful, nourishing, conscious, self-love and self-pleasure practice. But during these classes, it's like you're talking, uh, you're not... Uh, so I like to, yeah. so we call it a cold practice versus okay. a hot practice. Hot practice is where you add genital stimulation. Okay. And 
the element of arousal called practice is where you have a similar flow but without the genital stimulation. So we can be absolutely fully dressed and still use the elements of intention, setting a safe space, breath, movement, sound. And I will be leading a practice that is fully clothed, that is safe, that is elegant, and giving a woman kind of like a glimpse of how that can look like. And then they can repeat the same practice, adding the hot element, the genital stimulation, when they are in the privacy of their own bedroom. Wow, people are going to be happy leaving your class. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, usually what happens is there is actually so many tears. Really? Uh, this is... Tears. Tears. There is, there is tears, there is sadness, there is rage. These are usually actually the first things, the first emotions that come up because so many women realize that they maybe have mistreated their body or that they have allowed penetration, although they were not ready, that they have not fully honored their body in the way that it deserved, or that they have been in an abusive relationship for many years, or like, you know, all these realizations that come that usually, yeah, bring either sadness or rage at the beginning. But I always like to say we first want to clean the room so we can throw a party. So it takes kind of, you know, lifting the carpet and looking what's underneath that in order to, to really then invite ecstasy and pleasure. Because conscious sexuality is not just about that. There is, again, a lot of, you know, uncovering of limiting beliefs, a lot of trauma that needs to be healed, a lot of emotions that need to be expressed. So it's really, really a very deep work. Which advice would you have loved to receive from your mother or a woman mm. when you were young, when you were a pre-teenager, let's yeah. say? That my body is a temple and that my body is sacred. And so is sexuality. It's an expression of the divine. And that my body needs to be honored, that my body needs to be worshipped, and that it is my right to also honor it. So I can at any time say no and that I should really only invite partners inside of this temple when they really honored this, when they really honored it, when they deserve it, when there is a dynamic of respect, love, consent. Okay. And what's the place of uh, fun? into this and uh, lightness. Mm -hmm. Where is the place of fun? When we feel safe, when our body is honored, that's really for me a place where we can invite fun. Because if you are a young girl and you're just saying yes to penetration because you want to feel accepted or because you were forced into it, but you are not even experiencing pleasure, this is what happened to me. I just did it because, you know, I kind of, was afraid that if I'm going to say no, this boy will leave me. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. And it was actually painful. There was no fun in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. There was no fun and no lightness. So to me, creating a safe space is actually the first step to then invite lightness and fun. Okay, that's a basic. You, you work mm -hmm. on the basics mm -hmm. and then you can add uh, fun or yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah, and playfulness. So is it possible to teach uh, someone to, uh, to have access to God? Absolutely. 
to me, you know, sexuality, again, is one of the ways for reaching higher states of consciousness. And someone will call it God, someone will call it universe, you know, uh, you name it. But again, it's connecting to this uh, feeling of oneness, to this uh, vast universe or higher frequency, however you call that. And yes, orgasmic states are absolutely a way to reach those states. So it is absolutely possible. And this is partially what happens after my classes. Now, you listeners have waited enough. Time to ask for special tips from Bibi. As you probably understood by now, she's not going to explain to you precisely which technical position will send you to seventh heaven, but rather how to get in condition for Nirvana. If you want people to remember you as a good partner in bed, what should you do? <laughs> I think if you want to remember people as good partner in bed, it's not about what you do. It's how you made them feel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good advice. The key, the key answer to this question is to adjust the question. Yeah, yeah. How did you make very them feel? Because yeah. if you are going to make them feel worship, adored, uh, loved, seen, uh, if you're going to make them feel relaxed, um, if you're going to make them feel blissful, connected, uh, surrendered, um, ecstatic, that's when they're going to remember you rather than, oh, he did this trick or she did that trick of, you know, putting the finger in here or, <laughs> you know, no. Yeah. So... And that actually opens the door again to not being so focused on the techniques that you might not yeah. know. It's not about that. It's really about how you do things, not what you do. So being present, slowing it down, being open, checking in with your partner. What are their desires? How are they enjoying whatever uh, you're doing? Vulnerability, communication, uh, curiosity, kindness. Yeah. Very interesting. So that's the first tip. Mm -hmm. How to break uh, the routine for an old couple? To me, one of the key elements is learning new things. Because when, when you, you can bring this element of freshness and novelty through learning new things. And it can be, I don't know, dancing salsa or it can be, you know... I don't know, photography or whatever that is, okay, new types of meditations. But again, there, sh there can be also new learnings around intimacy and sexuality. Yeah. And sometimes I think we pressure ourselves that we have to figure it all out ourselves. There are people who dedicated their life into answering this question. And we live in this era where there is so much information available. There is so many online courses. There's so many retreats. There's so many books. There's so many podcasts. So reach out. Yeah. And reach out for uh, new, new things. New things and be guided in that. Because 
it is also important for me that when you learn new things with a partner that you don't create a disbalance. Oh, I took this course and now I know it all and you know nothing. <laughs> but we are both coming from a place of openness, curiosity and being students. So you could say to your partner, hey, I just listened to this podcast and I heard about full body energy orgasm. This is a lot of couples, how they come to my couples course. This beautiful couple. They're both life coaches. They had no problems. They have a phenomenal, loving, thriving relationship. But they heard me speak at some podcast and he heard that there is there is this powerful phenomenon of a full body energy orgasm. And he was, I want that. And they joined my Ecstatic Lovers online course. And they just took their relationship to a whole new level. And it was just so beautiful to see. So again, just reach out and let's take advantage of the fact that for the first time, we live in a moment of history that we have access to this information. Because even my parents didn't have access to this information. You know, conscious sexuality course, is yeah. finally becoming a topic mm -hmm. that is present in festivals, in events like Harvest, in podcasts. There's more and more books. People are starting to talk about it. What a powerful moment to be in so we can actually turn around the history and, and break the cycles in our lineage and our family and bring in more conscious, healthy, thriving sexual relationships. Wonderful. So. BB's question is a bit linked. If you don't have a, mm -hmm. any more to add to this one, <laughs> it's like the next step of mm -hmm. this one. What to do if the person you love is not attracting you anymore? So that's a good one. And I receive a lot of that. So usually <laughs> we, we have this idea that it's our partner who's responsible for turning us on. I want to shift your perspective. And I want to remind you that you are absolutely a sovereign, orgasmic human being. <laughs> yeah. So I will ask you if you have a nourishing self-pleasure practice. How do you turn yourself on? And I have a lot of, um, let's say I have, a, I have my 12-week um, program for women called Ladder to Bliss, yeah. okay? Yes. And a lot of, um, and actually it's the same with couples. I have different kind of couples that so, much, so many sexless marriages, for example, right? And one of the number one arguments is my partner doesn't turn me on anymore. Well, you are a sovereign he you know, sexual human being. Interesting so shift, yeah. So we're going to start really tapping into our own body. Okay, are you breathing? Are you relaxing? So your chatter, your monkey mind can slow down. Are you connecting to your body? Are you feeling the sensations? Are you relaxed? Are you present to pleasure? How can you create a space with your partner when you both can come when you can slow down, when you can relax, when you can first start feeling the sensations in your own body. And you can start turning your own fire on. And from that place, we can start playing together. So it's not really the responsibility of your partner. Interesting. It's, it starts with reclaiming your own sexual sovereignty. And we're going to then move on from that space. What's the question you hear the most by women? I guess how to have more vaginal type of orgasms or how to experience more orgasm through penetration. 
Because what we often don't even talk about is that more than 50% of women do not experience at all or don't experience regularly vaginal type of orgasms, which is orgasm through penetration. Yeah. <laughs> so what can we do in order to experience them more or experience them more easily? The answer would be, again, you know, there's a longer answer to it, but definitely a longer foreplay, slowing down, indirect approach of act opening the heart, activating the breasts before we even go anywhere near the genitals, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say... Uh, That's a question. Okay. Yeah. And for the men? For the men, probably how to last longer in bed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how... Again, we're, we're just giving a brief, very brief summary here, okay? But number one answer here would be to uh, start exploring the idea of non-ejaculatory orgasms, which there's, you know, again, many things that go into it, but some of the basic, most basics one will be slowing down, deep belly breathing, being able to ride the wave and being fully aware where you are with arousal level, not just chasing the explosion, but slowing down and going up and down the wave. And just in general, moving away from the idea of an end goal of an orgasm being the most important thing in the intimate connection. And what's the worst enemy after pornography, I guess, but I'm not sure you would put it number one. What's the worst uh, enemy of a fulfilled uh, sexual life? I think stress, stress. Yes. And there, why would I say that? Because the, the more stressed we are, the more receptive to pain, the more relaxed we are, the more receptive to pleasure. But because we don't even give ourselves time to truly relax and we kind of, you know, we're so busy with so many things on the agenda. We finally get this few minutes, somewhere late at night, everyone is tired and we just want to get there quick and fast. And we don't really have that space to fully relax, to fully surrender. So we are not even receptive to all the sensations, uh, to all the pleasure uh, that is available to us. That's, that's where it is. And for us women, especially the number one key ingredient, again, for having those deep orgasmic experiences is a state of surrender with all the stress and being rushed uh, it's almost impossible to get into that state so it's time uh, bb for the last question of mm -hmm. this interview a question i'm asking all the guests mm -hmm. is um the harvest of the day Uh, if something easy or simple could be done and would make the world a better place, what would it be for you? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, I'm going to answer it through the lens of my my own purpose and passion. Uh, and one thing I would love to do is bring the education around conscious, let's start with conscious self-pleasure to schools. Thank you so much, Bibi. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I am super happy to be the part of this experience. I love Harvest event and it was uh, great being here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode and Bibi's view on the sexual well-being. 
If you did, please leave us a good review and follow us on Instagram Harvest Series or watch the Harvest Series videos on YouTube. Next episode will be with Daniel Schmartenberger about the future of our civilization. Until next time.